Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Truth For Today. Uh, My name is Joseph Franta of Joseph Franta Ministries, and uh, I'm an international Bible school instructor, teacher, you know, so forth. I have been in the ministry for a long time. And uh, I am here because we're going through the book of Colossians right now. And I think it's a very timely and relevant book for the body of Christ. The book of Colossians, it has some powerful prayers of Paul in it about being filled with the knowledge of God's will for your life. And of course, it gives us a great revelation of the head of the church, Jesus Christ. He's to have the predominant place in the church. Uh, He is uh, supreme over all, and uh, Christ is superior to everyone else in the Bible. So he is the Lord, the Savior, the King of Kings, the the Lord of Lords. He is the soon coming one, the Messiah, the anointed uh, of God. He is the Son of God, the Son of Man, Uh, He is the light of the world. Uh, He is the uh, everlasting uh, God. He is the true God. He is the all-wise God. He is immortal, invisible, uh, the only wise God. And to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, He is the Alpha and the Omega, uh, the beginning and the end. Uh, He is everything in between. He created all things, and through him all things came into being, and nothing has come into being that has come into being apart from him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But those who did receive him and his message of truth and grace, but to those who received him, he gave the right or the power to become the children of God. Uh, even to those that believe on his name, who are born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but are born of God, born by the Spirit of God, born from above. And today we're going to get into this book, this great book of Colossians, uh, one of the uh, mainstays of Paul's teaching and about who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us. So I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to go right into the book. I'm going to do a little review from last time uh, in Colossians chapter 1. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So Paul immediately uh, refers to himself as an apostle, a sent one, a messenger, uh, set apart uh, for the work of God. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. So uh, that is his introduction, grace and peace to you. That, um, in most cases, always his introduction in his uh, 13 books in the New Testament. And uh, he's preparing them to receive a revelation that God has given him about the Lord Jesus Christ and the church. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. He was an intercessor uh, deluxe for the body of Christ, for the church, uh, for leaders, pastors, teachers, 
uh, those in uh, places of authority and responsibility in the church. And then he says, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints or all the believers. Saints is a word uh, that means set apart ones. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Oh yeah, there's a great hope laid up for us in heaven. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. So we, we're talking about the gospel being the word of truth, which has come to you just as in all the world also. It is constantly bearing fruit. Why is it bearing fruit? Because the word of God is a seed. And when planted in good soil, it grows up and it bears fruit. Uh, and it's amazing how much fruit the word of God can grow and produce in your life. The Bible says some 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Uh, it depends on your commitment to the Lord and uh, also uh, your labor in Christ. It has nothing to do with your salvation, however. Your salvation is strictly by faith. Through grace are you saved. Faith in Christ. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard, and the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the worlds, being preached and taught throughout the earth. Also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Wow, the grace of God. How important is it to understand God's grace, his goodness, his ability, his power? Uh, in the scriptures, grace equals power. It equals God's ability. It equals God's uh, mighty influence and favor in our lives. And when you understand the grace of God, that uh, you don't live the Christian life in your own ability, uh, no one can, uh, but you live it through God's divine influence, his favor, his ability working through your life uh, to produce Christ's character, uh, to produce the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, it, it produces the life of God in you. And uh, the Bible says that he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things we have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. That word life throughout those three verses there in 1 John chapter 5, I believe it's verse 11 through 13, it, it is talking about zoe life in the Greek, which is God's life, the divine life of God. This is what changes you. When you accept Christ, you receive divine life implanted on the inside of you. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, you receive the divine nature of God, the life of Christ on the inside of you. And it produces all sorts of changes and transformations in your life and brings your life in line with the plan and the purpose of God. You begin to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive all that God has done for you in Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. And you begin to recognize things you never recognized before because the spirit 
of life and the spirit of truth has come into you, has entered your life. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So you're set free from the law of sin and death through the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the spirit of truth begins to do a mighty work in you and you begin to get revelation of, of God's word, revelation of God himself in prayer. You begin to understand things that you never understood before. You, be, you begin to have a knowing about things you never knew before and you begin to walk in a place you never walked before. It's called the life of Christ. In him, we have been made complete. The Bible says, and he is the head over all rule and authority. So we're going to go on here talking more about this new life, this life of Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, who are born not of the flesh, uh, not of blood, nor the will of man, but of God. So in other words, God comes to live on the inside of you and you become a temple of the Holy Spirit or a temple of God. So we are understanding the grace of God, the goodness, the favor, the divine influence of God. That's what grace is. God's divine influence working in our lives. Uh, we understand the grace of God in truth. We, we begin to understand what truth is, that not everything on this earth is truth. Not everything is right or accurate or correct as far as all the information being disseminated all over the world. Uh, not all of it is true. But the Bible is true because Jesus said, when I go away, I'll give you the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him. But you know him because he will be with you and in you. That's the greatest thing that you could ever have, this spirit of truth living on the inside of you. Greater is he who is in you. Who is he who is in you? It's the spirit of God. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The greater one, the mighty Holy Spirit, who is Christ's representative on the earth today, he comes to live in you when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and confess him as Lord in your life. And understood the grace of God and truth just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant who is a faithful servant of Christ on your behalf, on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. You begin to have a life in the spirit. Yes, you have a natural life. You have a physical body. You live in a material world. But you know what? There's a spiritual dimension to life. Most people understand maybe that there is, but no, don't exactly know what it is or how to contact it or how to walk in it. And the Bible tells us how to walk in the spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Oh, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and truth. There's so much to be said. 
about the life of the Spirit of God. And he also informed us of you, of your love in the Spirit. You know, truth brings freedom, but love flourishes when you walk in the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Spirit who has been given to us. There's a Spirit of God on the earth, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of glory. He's here on the earth. Those are all types of the Holy Spirit mentioned in the Bible. He's an overcoming spirit. Do you want an overcoming life? Well, then you have to have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. The Bible says, if any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, through him who loved us, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In him, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. In him, we have been made complete. In him, we have redemption through his blood. But now we are the sons of God, and it does not appear as yet what we shall be, but when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him just as he is. The Bible says that we are where he is. What do you mean? We are where he is. The Bible says, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We're in a place in God through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. But if, but if the Spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life, spirit life, to your mortal body through his Spirit who indwells you. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. John talks about it in 1 John. As he is, so also are we in this world. We have the same spirit, the same life. He who has the Son has the life, the Zoe life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know with absolute certainty. The Greek is gnosko, absolute personal intimate knowing that you may know that you have eternal life. We're not working for eternal life. You cannot earn eternal life. You cannot merit it in any way. It is unearned, unmerited, and undeserved. It's a pure gift from God. Through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and, and by his shed blood, we're forgiven, cleansed forever. Our sins are washed away. Every transgression remitted, removed. Every, every lawless deed 
totally washed away, cleansed, purged from our lives so that we can walk and live in the presence of God. The Bible says if you're in Christ, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he made him who knew no sin, that was Jesus, to be sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The great exchange, he took on our sins. It says he, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his stripes we were healed. How could we live to righteousness if there was no righteousness in us? No, the great exchange. He took our sinful life and gave us his perfectly righteous life in exchange. He took our guilt and gave us his confidence, his boldness before God and before man. The righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one is pursuing. Christ, our Redeemer, the word redemption or redeem means to buy back. He bought us back out of the slave market of sin, shame, guilt, and every other terrible thing. Depression, poverty, sickness. Now don't go too far about that sickness. Oh yeah, well, it says in the book of Isaiah, surely he bore our sicknesses and carried away our pains. And then it's written in Matthew 8, 16 and 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I'm not teaching on that today, but you know, you need to know, Christ did it all for you. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. You know the song? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Okay, that's not my key, but anyways, there's a truth there. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And their sins and their lawless deeds, God said, I will remember no more. I have blotted out your sins, he says in the book of Isaiah. I have blotted out your sins. They are gone like morning mist at noon. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Isaiah 44, I believe it's verse 22 in the Living Bible. You know, if we understand truth, you, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Make you. The truth shall make you a free person, a free man, a free woman free child. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. This is the day of liberty. This is the day of freedom.
I'm talking about in the spirit. Maybe it isn't in the natural, but it sure is in the spirit. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Spirit, soul, and body. It says in 1 Corinthians 5, I believe it's 23. And now may the God of peace sanctify you or set you apart or set you apart entirely or wholly. And now may the God of peace sanctify you wholly or entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete or blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Oh, you need to know the truth. You need to know what Jesus did for you. And you know what? It'll change your life forever. It'll transform you from the inside out. You'll no longer be a struggling, you know, human being trying to survive on planet Earth. No, you'll walk with God in the spirit and in truth. Jesus said in uh, John 4, 24, he said, the Lord desires those who worship him in spirit and in truth. You can know the Lord in truth and you can walk with him in the spirit. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So much, so much of the time we just relegate the spirit to a secondary place in the church. No way. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. The spirit, the miracle working spirit. He, he also is the spirit of faith, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of glory, the spirit of grace. He is the manifestation and demonstration of all of God's goodness and glory and power and truth on the earth. He's the spirit of truth. He's the one that brings the truth to your heart and your mind to where you can understand it and grasp it, take hold of it and walk in it. The spirit of truth. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the spirit of truth will not come to you. Honestly, I get carried away with the word of God. It's so powerful. Now, here's Paul's mighty prayer. And I'm really encouraging you to pray this. Pray it every day. Colossians 1.9. It'll reveal things to you that you've never seen before about God's plan for your life. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know, God loves to fill things. He likes to fill the earth with his glory, fill the church with his presence, fill people's lives with the Holy Spirit, with life and truth and healing and strength. God loves to fill people. In fact, in, in uh, Isaiah 44, I love this verse. In Isaiah 44, you know, the whole Bible is for you. In Isaiah 44, 
This is what it says. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant. He's talking to Israel. Israel's referred to as Jacob here, but he's talking to you too. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Yeshurun, that's another word for uh, Israel, another title, Yeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Some people say, well, we don't want any of that Holy Spirit stuff. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's, that's passed away. Oh, really? Well, if the Holy Spirit's passed away, then God's passed away because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if you say the Holy Spirit has passed away or the Holy Spirit's not doing those kind of things anymore, uh, it's just not true. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change with the whims of man or the doctrines of man. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to the earth to be here in his absence. And he's still here. He's not going away just because uh, man has some kind of doctrine or belief that the Holy Spirit doesn't move in the church. You know why the church is so dead and so worldly? They don't allow the Holy Spirit to move, to manifest and demonstrate God's power in the church. They're more concerned about pleasing man than they are about pleasing God. I'm sorry, but that is the truth of the matter. But we can change. We can honor the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And another verse says in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, I believe it is, it says, he who has joined himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. He who has joined himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Does that sound like the Holy Spirit has disappeared or been removed from the earth? No, this is the church age. This is the age of grace. The Holy Spirit is working mightily to bring men and women to Christ. Christ said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. How is he going to do it? By the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God drawing people to Jesus Christ, drawing people to truth, drawing people to hope, drawing people into the love of God and into salvation and redemption to receive the inheritance that Christ has for them. Oh, this is good. This is good stuff. The Holy Spirit. Paul said, if my message and my preaching was, is not in persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And when I came to you, brethren, I came in fear and weakness and much trembling, and my message and my preaching we're not in persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. That your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God gives us 
the Spirit of God to produce miracles in our lives. Oh my. I will pour out water. That's a type and symbol of the Holy Spirit. In the scriptures, the Holy Spirit has various types and symbols. Wind, breeze, water, fire, dunamis, explosive power. The Holy Spirit, wind, rain, fire, those are all types and symbols, or I should say not symbols, but they are all titles whereby the Holy Spirit can be described. On the day of Pentecost, they heard the sound of a roaring, rushing, mighty wind from heaven. Who do you think that was? The Holy Spirit? It certainly wasn't a wind machine. It was the Holy Spirit. As they prayed, they were in the upper room for 50 days praying. And on Pentecost means 50. And, and on the 50th day, the Lord sent the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's prophesied right here. I just read it to you. It's prophesied all through the Bible. I could spend a whole, a whole month teaching just on that. For I will pour out water on the thirsty and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit, in case you're wondering what that water was, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Listen, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit brings a blessing. It brings refreshing. It brings a strengthening and emboldening and empowering to your life that you couldn't have unless you had the spirit upon you. It's one thing to have the Spirit in you, but the Bible talks about the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. Okay, I'm going back to Colossians. Chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you today, Holy Spirit, more than we ever have before. We need your wisdom. He's the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. We need the teacher. He's the teacher. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. He will teach you all things. Bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you, and he will disclose to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit will disclose to you, reveal to you what's coming. If you're a child of God, for this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You could read a library of, full of books on theology and never be filled with the knowledge of God's will. But the Holy Spirit can. He can fill you overflowing with the knowledge, the precise and accurate knowledge of the will of God for your life. You need the Holy Spirit for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Notice it's spiritual wisdom and understanding. All spiritual wisdom and understanding. Because the Holy Spirit 
has the entire revelation of God on the inside of him. He is God. He is God, the Spirit, so to speak, you know, the Spirit of God. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Godhead, depending on the translations you read. The Holy Spirit has the entire revelation of God on the inside of him. He came upon people, prophets and holy men and women of God, and then the scriptures, he wrote the scriptures through holy men of God who were moved by the Spirit. Second Peter, chapter 1. The Holy Spirit was the author of the scriptures. All scripture is inspired by God. That word inspired means breathed by. It was a, you know, it was breathed into people by the Spirit of God. And they understood things that were prophetic, things that were coming. They understood who Christ was, the anointed one, the Messiah. They looked deeply into these things, it says. In first and second Peter. And so I want to just encourage you today. Read the Bible, the spirit of truth, and be filled with the knowledge of his will. Pray that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing, increasing in the knowledge of God. The more you grow, the stronger you become. The greater your faith is. Jesus talked about weak faith, and he talked about great faith. The Bible talks about strong faith. The Bible talks about prevailing faith. The Bible talks about the spirit of faith, and the Bible talks about the gift of faith. And the Bible says, the just or the righteous man or woman should, shall live by faith. We're talking about faith. This is faith talk. This is not from the knowledge of man. It's from the knowledge of God. Thank you for being with me today. I pray that the spirit of life and grace and faith will reveal to you an abundance of peace and truth. Have a great day. See you next time. 